My problem is like I'm very flexible but I'm not very strong. So like I'm really just danger to myself. <laughs> My name's Emma, and you're listening to the Socially Awkward Podcast. Today, we're very fortunate to have an ex-junior national team gymnast. He's currently studying early childhood in Tomasic Polytechnic. He was homeschooled from kindergarten until poly, and food makes him really happy. Introducing Ethan Lim. Hi, Ethan. Welcome on the podcast. Hi, Emma. Thanks so much for having me on this podcast. (laughs) All right. So did you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. So I was a national gymnast for three years since 2016 Mm -hmm. and I've been doing gymnastics since I was seven. Only last year, it was my first school and I entered Tomasic Poly and I joined early childhood. Yeah, Mm, it's pretty cool. That's cool. So when you were homeschooling, what did a day in your life look like? I guess it really changed with age. When I was younger, it was very unstructured. Mm -hmm. Up to, of course, (laughs) PSLE where the workload really piled up Mm -hmm. and we had to study. And... I guess when I was in secondary school, when I was studying for my IGCSEs, Mm -hmm. I studied in the nights and woke up really late. Then I went for training. Then I would study the nights, yeah. So you're nocturnal, basically. Yeah, I'm pretty much nocturnal. (laughs) Are you still nocturnal? Now, not so much because of school and I have to wake up early. I need at least like eight to ten hours of sleep every day. If not, I will go bonkers. (laughs) (laughs) How was the adjustment from homeschooling to public school like combined with training? It was very interesting because I had to wake up early. I had to adjust to the school schedule. When normally I would wake up really late, like as late as like 12 or 1 o'clock. I guess that was the the biggest adjustment. But otherwise, I think it was really fun because I got to meet a lot of new people. And... When we were talking before this in our pre-meeting, you mentioned that your social life was very heavily impacted by training. Mm. So how was it impacted? I guess when you have a 26 and a half hour training schedule every week, Mm -hmm. you tend to just become very tired and everything works around it. When I was still training, I would be very hesitant to go out Mm -hmm. because I felt like that would affect how I felt during training Mm -hmm. and how tired I would be. And I guess that really made me feel like I didn't want to go out because I could get injured during training or I wouldn't feel well during training. Did you ever feel very plugged into the homeschool community here or was it just you were too busy to really get involved? I think that I was quite involved in primary school. Mm -hmm. But when I was younger, I didn't really enjoy socializing. I was more of an introvert and I really enjoyed playing my computer games more than I did (laughs) going out. But when I was in secondary school, I guess I kind of faded away because my training schedule shortened up a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was just home and at the gym for the majority mm-hmm. of the week. You mentioned you started training when you were seven. So when did the training really start to pick up? How did that happen? So my mom actually just threw me into the gymnasium when I was four years old. Oh, and wow. <laughs> the gym that I was in actually closed down. And when I was seven... She asked me whether I wanted to do gymnastics in another place. And I said yes, because I thought it was really fun. So I joined this place and gradually as I started training there more often, the coaches saw potential in me and asked my mom to sign me up for more sessions. And from there, I guess it kind of escalated to training seven times a week. How about you, Emma? Have you done any sports? I played archery before we moved to Bhutan. So I played for a solid like five years and I still play on and off now, but I was never competitive Mostly because when I was playing, there wasn't a very active archery scene for younger kids. I I was pretty young. And then coming back from Bhutan, I joined 
one of the homeschool sports groups. And actually, that's how I got to know the producer, John. It's because he invited me to join. And that was my ticket into the homeschool community, in a sense. Yeah. So how has homeschooling, in a sense, facilitated your pursuit of sports? It definitely helped a lot. Because with training, I would train normally from around 4 to 9 in the night. And because of this, if I went to school, I think that I would have to go for training late I because I would end school late. I guess it really helped me to have a more flexible schedule and any commitments that I have will work around the gym schedule. How did you learn how to prioritize like gym and school? It was really hard. But I guess with that, it really came a lot of sacrifice as well because... All I did every day, especially in my teens, was just gym and school. As I said, I would study in the nights, I would go to training in the, in the afternoons, and in the mornings, I would just wake up and eat lunch. How do you feel, did you feel like that affected your family life? I guess it didn't really affect my family life because I was, I was still home for majority of the day and my parents were around. Mm. So I got to see my parents for majority of the day, spend time with them. So it sounds like your family was very supportive of your gymnastics career. So how did having their support impact you when you went to compete? I guess it was really good because financially, of course, you have to have the support of your parents to even go overseas for competitions. Mm -hmm. When I went to compete, they would be willing to fetch me around in the car. (laughs) Yeah, and they would also give me a lot of encouragement leading up. They would help me to watch my diet leading up to Mm -hmm. the weeks of competition. And they were also very often just give me whatever inputs you think I can do to have a better mindset Mm -hmm. or be in a better physical condition to go for the competition. How do you feel competing impacted your mental health? Because in competition, like you have to be pretty resilient, right? When I was still competing, it would definitely take a toll on my mental health because it will make me really tired just even thinking about the competition Mm -hmm. and it'll just really put a lot of pressure on me. Mm -hmm. And I remember bad days leading up to competitions where I would like cry during training Mm -hmm. just because I felt like I couldn't achieve a certain thing. I think that it has built a lot of resilience in me as well. Knowing that you're going to compete and Mm -hmm. you are going to have to prove something to people is a very important mindset to have. Mm -hmm. How about you, Emma? Have you ever competed for anything in archery? No, I haven't. So... The archery scene in Singapore is not big. We do have a national team, but mm. it's very, very small. <laughs> so there was never really any opportunity for competition apart from friendlies just within the clubs that oh. we were at. When I was living in Bhutan, girls didn't shoot and kids didn't shoot traditionally. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> psych. I guess there goes my opportunity, but no. Um, I see, I see. Yeah, we still did find opportunities and we found that sports was really a fantastic way to bring communities together. I feel like mm. basketball is a very community building yeah. sport. You don't need to speak the same language to know how to play. Yeah. And I think that was really nice about how it just built the community. Going back to the topic of gymnastics and competing, why did you quit gym? Well, I felt like there was a lot more things that I wanted to do in life. Mm-hmm. Like, go out and meet new people. I guess my priorities changed. Mm. When I was in gym, of course, like, as I said, a lot of my mental strength would be on training. Mm-hmm. But I guess something really shifted in how I viewed the world and I wanted to meet new people. Mm-hmm. I want to spend more time with my friends. Mm-hmm. I wanted to pick up a new sport as well. Because mm. I just felt like I hit this barrier in gymnastics where I just couldn't improve um ideally as much as I wanted to Mm. because of injuries because of a lot of different things yeah Mm. 
So I guess that was really one thing that um, caused the decision. Mm-hmm. Because gymnastics was such a huge part of your life, how do you feel quitting impacted your sense of identity? It definitely took a huge toll um, during the first few months of me quitting. Mm-hmm. Since I quit in February, when I was still processing it in March and in April, mm-hmm. I definitely was very down and I really felt like I just threw away 11 years of my life. Going into the decision, I was told that I was going to feel this way, but I didn't really see the consequences mm. of how it could take a toll on how I mentally felt. It really did make me feel like I lost a part of my identity. That was like very recent then. Yeah. Do you feel like it's something that you're still working through? Yeah, it's definitely something I'm still working through. I've talked to many people about this. It's a topic that I guess whenever I see a person for like the first time in the year and I haven't like seen them since I quit gym. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and whenever they will ask me about it, I guess it gives me also a platform to practice and process for myself how I feel about it. Do you feel like you came away from gymnastics with a strong community? Yeah, definitely. I'm still really in touch with all of my teammates who have like quit throughout the years. (laughs) And even my teammates who stuck with me through thick and thin, Mm. I'm really, really in touch with them and we message on a daily basis. Yeah, and I think they form one of my biggest pillar of support, even without gym. I guess the main three places that I have friends are from church, gym, Mm -hmm. friends I've made overseas or even just my teammates and school friends. That's really nice. Nowadays, a lot of people are really just on the search of community And it's really nice that you guys have something to go through together because I realized that when you have something to go through together, that's what forms the bonds. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that gym really did impact your social life. How do you feel it's changed after? It's definitely gotten a lot better. (laughs) I have a lot more opportunities to go out. I have a lot more energy. So whenever people ask me to go out, I'm just a lot more willing. Mm. And I'm also a lot more willing to meet new people. Mm -hmm. Because in general, I find meeting new people to be a very tiring task. Mm -hmm. But now that I don't have gym, that takes off the mental pressure. So I just feel more open to going out more. Yeah, Mm, That's nice. Do you feel like there's also like a community building aspect for gaming? That's interesting. Yes, I do actually. Mm -hmm. Because I've made friends online from other countries... Although I might not be in touch with some of them anymore, mm-hmm. like we follow each other on Instagram and mm. stuff. Yeah. And even some are from Singapore, although I've never oh. met them. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. It's really tying back to the how having something in common just brings you all together, I suppose. Yeah. So it sounds like gaming is was and still is a very big part of your life. Do you feel like you use that as a coping mechanism to deal with the stress of training? Yeah, definitely. It's always been one of my coping mechanisms ever since young. So whenever I would feel stressed, I would want to play games. Mm. Um, especially like now, even if I have exams or assignments, mm-hmm. I would feel a need to at least play like just a little bit every day. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a healthy balance between it being like just a coping mechanism versus it being an addiction? I guess that really comes with self-discipline as well because mm. you ought to know your priorities in life. Mm. Yeah, and I guess I didn't really know that when I was younger, but with age comes maturity. In the past, I suppose it would have been gaming and gym and school. So how do you prioritize your time now? Because it's HBL. Yeah, mm-hmm. HBL <laughs> just makes everything really, really, really flexible. Mm-hmm. So I just prioritize my time by prioritizing my assignments. I would set for myself a set amount of things that I want to accomplish every day. Then I will just do it until mm. I feel like I have done enough or I've done more than enough. Mm. And then I will put it down and I will rest. Now that you've quit gym, do you feel like you've had the opportunity to pursue other passions? Because of Circuit Breaker, I have not. <laughs> I have gone out a lot with 
my friends. But I guess that's about it. I actually signed up for a new CCA in school, sports climbing. So that oh, wow. like includes bouldering, um, oh. rock climbing, yeah, and speed climbing. Oh, that's so cool. Funny thing, I have never actually rock climbed or Wait, bouldered. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Which is super hilarious. And I, I have no idea why I chose it. But it's just like people around me were telling me you should join this CCA because your body structure is you're lanky and you have a lot of arm and leg strength. So why not try for it? I think you'd be good at it. I, think, I feel like you'd enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. With this, I want to ask, like, what are you looking forward to in the future now that you're no longer doing gym? I have a few passions in life. So one thing that I kind of want to do is to focus on my studies. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I guess I really, really do want to focus on my studies. Mm -hmm. I want to go into uni and I want to study something along the lines of psychology. Which field of psychology, I'm not sure. But I feel towards like some of my friends who might have depression or even children with special needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you discover these passions? For people with mental issues, just came along with experiences with different people. Mm-hmm. But for the one with children with special needs, I'm actually working at this gymnastics school for kids as a coach. Mm-hmm. So one of the classes that I take um, mm-hmm. includes children with special needs. So whenever I look at them, ever since I started working last year, I guess it's kind of a passion that grew in me and like, Wow, these kids are actually so cute. I wanna <laughs> I wanna like help them out, you know. Aww, that's so sweet. So for teaching kids, right, especially like the special needs ones, how do you feel like you change your approach to training them to bring out their potential? It's really, really different. For typical children, normally we would have a lesson plan mm-hmm. and we would strictly follow the lesson plan. And the lesson plan would be continuously changing. But when dealing with children with special needs, there has to be a lot more of a routine to it. It's a lot simpler and a lot more consistent when carrying it out. And you definitely have to guide them a lot closer because it could be dangerous for them as well if you don't watch them closely. Mm. Do you feel like the way that you were taught as a child in gymnastics has impacted the way that you teach now? Yeah, it definitely has. When I teach my children, I know like the basic steps that I need for them in terms of skill progression Mm -hmm. if I want to teach them something new. Mm -hmm. So I guess that really helped because of my gymnastics background and I kind of know how to help them. Mm -hmm. I don't have to research about it. It just comes off the top of my head. Imagine knowing something so well that it just comes off the top of your head. (laughs) So to kind of wrap up, is there anything that you would say to someone who is interested in pursuing competitive sports? I would say go for it. I think it's a really, really good and noble thing that you're trying to strive for Mm -hmm. and try to achieve. I would say that if you really want to go into competitive sports, you really have to be ready to take on the responsibilities and especially the training hours that will come along with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of your mental and physical strength Mm -hmm. to become the best. And Mm -hmm. if you really want to go into competitive sports and strive for that, I would say that you have to put in 100% of your effort. Mm. If you could go back and change anything about your, I guess, sporting life, would you? I don't think I I would change it for anything. Mm -hmm. Because the community that I made and the things that I've learned um, from my sport, Mm -hmm. I think are really good. And I don't think that the lessons that I've taken out from it, um, I don't think I would change it for anything. Yeah. 
It's been a great time chatting with you, Ethan, and I've learned, and I'm sure everyone else listening has too, about how you dealt with the busyness of life and competing and what you did to cope with it. Yep. It's super, super important that whatever we're doing, that we don't burn out and we are resting physically and mentally in a healthy way. Mm. Help, healthy coping mechanisms, guys. <laughs> Having a good community of people that you can just really receive life advice from and grow together with are super important as well. And I think it's also important to realize that we all go through different seasons in life and it's only natural that changes happen. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that your experiences are wasted. Instead, like the life lessons and the skills that you've learned can help with whatever you're pursuing at the moment. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me on, Eva. And that's a wrap on today's episode of the Socially Awkward Podcast. We release new episodes on the first Saturday of each month on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. If you like today's episode, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at the.sociallyawkwardpodcast. See you next time.